0: JP Palufry here. Before we get started in today's episode, I wanted to make you aware of two resources that are available to you. Number one, are you curious about what your personality type is when you face last 8% situations? Because if you are and you're curious about this really valuable information, you can take our assessment. It's in the show notes. It's free but it'll give you real-time feedback on what is your personality type. Really powerful information. That's number one. Resource number two is are you struggling with last 8% situations and at times feeling stuck in your career or in some relationships? And if that's the case, we are now... Accepting Registrations for the Last 8% Academy. This is our hybrid digital live course that we are so excited about. It is six weeks long and it's hybrid. So part of it is digital, right? There's app-based micro learning. You learn on your own in the course of the week in five to seven minute increments. And then you also are part of a cohort, a group that learns over the six weeks together you have one-hour live classes together, you have a peer coach, all of this is to help you build the accountability so you can step in and face your last eight percent situations with more confidence, with more courage. So we would love for you to join us. Now on to the episode. Welcome to The Last 8% Morning. This is J.P. Palu-Fry. It is so great to be with you this morning. In today's episode, we are in the middle of yet another wave of COVID affecting North America, Europe, the world. And it is clear that we are in for a challenging spring. And it feels frustrating. Because haven't we been here before? In today's episode, what do we do when we feel disheartened? What tools can we use and grow to manage the hardship and pain that we are experiencing? Whether it's COVID-related or not. Let's walk. Out, walking, enjoying this gorgeous day. Moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground. And starting by paying attention to whatever is present in the moment. Feeling the feet contact the ground. Our hands and arms move as we walk. It's really important that you move while you listen to this. It makes a huge difference. Movement is part of the method here. First, we wake up. And by the way, a lot of people don't do this first thing in the morning. But we wake up, make our bed, do our five-minute book club, and then walk for 15 to 20 minutes. tuning into our belly and our body. Those are all the bees. Then we'll move to an idea of the day. And then to our three-by-three of gratitude and goals. So just feel your body and see if you can let go of whatever you were thinking. We can get so caught up in that voice in our head. Just see if you can let it be and just be present with wherever you are. So look up, stand tall, look around, feel grateful. In a future episode, I will talk about why we now know know neurologically that is so important, is to look up and increase our gaze. So looking around, standing tall, feeling grateful, feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our belly rise and fall, And just be present in this moment. If you feel some unpleasant or not calm feelings in your body, just note it without pushing it away, trying to change it. Remember, mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. So we just pay attention. We welcome whatever is present. And we form a different relationship. We don't try and push everything that's uncomfortable away. Doesn't mean we're not passive. But in the moment, if we can just change our relationship to those things that we can't change, we grow a capability to be with ever more difficult situations and physical sensations. So we can... Step into our last 8% situations, those more difficult situations, whether it be a conversation, a decision, a task. We can push through to the end because we can stay when things get hot. So just feel your body. Feel your belly. Feel your head and neck. Feel your shoulders and your knees. And really use this time for non-doing. Just be with, walking, breathing, being outside or wherever you are. We... Walk and we practice so we can build capability to be with our more difficult last 8% situations because those are the situations that will help us transform into that better version of ourself. This is the how of leadership. So just tune into your body. And if your mind wanders, just bring it back to feet on the ground, belly rising and falling. And before we get to our idea of the day, I told you we would be announcing something very exciting. And I'm going to tell you again, we will be announcing something very exciting. Not quite ready to give you more details as yet, but it is coming. And excited to tell you more about it. So our idea of the day, we have all worked so hard to adapt to this pandemic. We've given up a great deal, sacrificed a lot for a long time. And many of us were excited about the light at the end of the tunnel that was coming our way with vaccine rollout. But it appears that a new wave of the virus is crashing over much of North America, Europe, the world, and our hopes for a quick return to some sort of normal, feels dashed. This is yet another example of a last 8% situation we are facing, a situation characterized as being harder than most of the ones we usually face in the course of a day or a week or a month. The pandemic is one big last 8% situation populated by many smaller ones. You know, difficult decisions we need to make challenging conversations we need to have and what's at stake if we struggle to navigate these challenges these hardships whether it's pandemic related or not is that we don't show up at our best we don't show up as our best self our exceptional self our wise self And this will affect many things, our work, our relationships. We might lose connection with someone we really care about in our personal life or a good friend at work. It can cause us to be not as measured, a little off balance. We could take work a little too personally and get emotional from time to time with those we are closest to. Or we could be overwhelmed by the sheer volume of work we face because we're struggling to say no, which is a last 8% conversation right there, or we have challenges prioritizing. The bottom line is that we aren't responding as well as we would like. That's you, that's me, that's a lot of people. And all of this can make us feel disheartened you know, that heavy feeling in our chest of, of losing hope. And this is what we are seeing in the work we do, whether it's in the keynotes I deliver or the training engagements our company delivers or in the research we do. This is a difficult time and a lot of people are feeling it. So don't feel alone if you are feeling it as well. But what do we do, right? If that's the challenge, right? We have this aspiration to live a good life, but we're facing another last 8% situation. And there's a lot at stake if we can't manage it. What do we do? What's, What's our plan? Well, as I talked about in the last episode, it starts by understanding that there is a difference between pain and suffering. And it's so critical to understand this just being human means we will experience some inevitable pain pain that we cannot get away from no matter how hard we try money can't move it away you know our parents can't take it away and it comes in many different forms right physical biological social it's a flow of pain and pleasure of loss and gain and it happens all on its own and it could be anything i talked about last episode when you're stuck on a plane that might not be the best example but you know when we're stuck on another yet another zoom call or we're feeling overwhelmed by some tension in a relationship and we're with these people a lot or we're having to lock down yet again But the critical part to understand is that this up and down of physical sensations and mind states is the pain that we all experience just by being human. It's inevitable. But as we talked about last episode, pain and suffering are two different things. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is caused by our reaction to the pain we are experiencing. When we wish away the discomfort of whatever's happening in the moment, when we don't accept what is present in the moment. That's why we push so hard in the first part of the podcast saying, can we just be present with whatever is, whatever physical sensation or mind state we are experiencing. But when we're fighting the moment, it's this aversion, this avoidance that causes us that deeper suffering, that level of angst that is far more Uncomfortable than the pain that is just present. And so, one of the critical ways that we, you know, need to change our relationship to pain so that it doesn't become suffering is through this mindfulness practice. And that's what this whole podcast is about. I mean, one of the many things it's about. And we talked about that last day. Go back and, you know, dig into that episode because I get into a bit more detail there. But the second part, that we can change our relationship to the inevitable pain we will experience is by seeing our life and our challenges and our hardships through a different lens, through a lens of meaning. What does that mean? Well, when we face the inevitable pain in our lives, it's very easy for us to fall into victim mode. Right, victim mode. When we think that something's happening to us, and we get frustrated, and we think life should be different, and we look around and think everyone else seems to be doing just fine. Why is it only me who is suffering? And it's not, of course. But that's how sometimes we can feel. If we don't have a way to make sense of the hardship we naturally face, if we don't have a way to make to understand it then not only do we grow more bitter and cynical, but in turn, we can project that bitterness onto others and we can become a source of pain and suffering for others. Right? So if we're suffering because of our reaction to the inevitable pain. And we just can't get out of it and we can become bitter and cynical. Like that's bad enough on its own. But in turn, we can project it onto others and become a source of pain and suffering of others. And I think it's fair to say we've all seen people in our lives, and sometimes it's just us, but we've seen people in our lives who are unhappy with their situation or where things are at in life and they affect everyone around them and that's not the impact that we want to have as last eight percenters and the way to do that to have a different impact is by bringing meaning to the challenges that we face so we can change our relationship so it doesn't devolve into suffering i think the well, there's many examples in life for sure, but a good example is Rabbi Harold Kushner, who sadly lost his son. And he said, because of the loss, I am a more sensitive person, a more effective pastor, a more sympathetic counselor because of Aaron's life and death than I would ever have been without it. And I would give up all of those gains In a second, if I could have my son back, if I could choose, I would forego all of the spiritual growth and depth which has come my way because of our experiences. But I cannot choose. And neither can we. Right, we will have inevitable hardship and pain. The question is, can we use it to make us better human beings, to be more patient, more caring individuals? There's a term in psychology called post-traumatic growth, and it captures how we can use meaning to transform. And in the literature, it's defined as a positive psychological change that is experienced as a result of the struggle with highly challenging life circumstances. It is why cancer patients and people who experience abuse do much better psychologically when they find meaning in their situation. Viktor Frankl, who knows a little bit about suffering, said, In some ways, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds meaning. Standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful, feeling your feet on the ground, being present in this moment with whatever is, whatever physical sensation or mind states you are in. Just be present with what is. So as opposed to asking ourselves, why is this happening to me? As last eight percenters, we ask a different question. We ask, why is this happening for me? How is this helping me transform? What is the meaning in what is happening right now? What is the bigger picture? How is this helping me become a better version of myself? The truth is life is hard, full of pain, and that's not a pessimistic thing to say, it's just the truth. But one thing I hope you're getting from this podcast and the Last 8% Project, I hope you've joined the Facebook group. If you haven't, go join it. But I hope one thing you're getting is that we are far more powerful than we realize. We have immense power inside of us that is just waiting to be realized. And if we can develop the tools of mindfulness in finding a sense of meaning, and there are ways to do that, we not only become less bitter, less cynical, but we transform into the person the people around us need us to be. How beautiful is that? So standing tall, feeling your body, moving to three by three. If you're getting something out of this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Please write a review. Please share. Take a picture of your phone and put it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever and whatever. But let's go to our three by three. Three mindful breaths right down into the toes, calming this body. Now move to three gratitudes. What can you feel grateful for without working very hard? My parents got jabbed a few weeks ago. That makes me very happy. What is it for you? And finally... Think about what you want to get accomplished today. It could be something very concrete. It could be just how you show up for others, knowing that they too are in pain. They too are suffering. This is not an easy time. How can you lead and be that calm person in the boat for them today? But think of three things you want to get done today. And as we finish, I want to read a quote from Vaclav Havel, who was uh, the Czech president, a poet, and I love this quote. He said, Hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. Let me read that again, what a powerful quote. Hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. Have a wonderful day.